Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. Stand up for your country. So I'm going to do something tonight for you. As you know, we're looking out for you. I have been for 25 years on uh, national television as a commentator. Um, and I think you need to know uh, what is ahead um, to do a variety of things. But that's what we're going to lead with. So there are three things that could sink the Biden administration. Now, what that means is the election, a midterm election coming up in 2022. Republicans desperately need to win back the Senate. Can they take back the House? Possible. It won't be easy. But there are three things that may destroy the Biden administration. First one's the economy. Now, this is a complicated situation. If you are holding stocks in retirement accounts or college accounts or just as an investment, you got to be very careful right now. I can't give financial advice. We have uh, concierge membership and people ask me all the time what they should do with their money. I can tell you what I do with my money. I can't tell you what to do. That's all I can do for concierge members. But the stock market, I can tell you with certainty, is very, very risky at this point. So uh, last week it got pounded and then yesterday it was up 600 points The Dow. It's up and down, up and down. That's never a good sign. So in the stock market, it is very wise to have what they call stop losses on your individual stocks. And if you have mutual funds, to check and see that they do that as well to protect you from some kind of stock market decline, a drastic decline. If the market does decline, the entire economy follows. Okay, so that's what happened in 1929. Stock market crashed, went into the Great Depression that lasted uh, for 15 years. So, I mean, it was only World War II that got us out of that thing. Now, I'm not saying there's going to be a stock market crash. In fact, I'm saying just the opposite. Once the COVID vax kicks in and about... Mm, close to 10% of the U.S. population has already been vaxxed. Once it gets up to 50-60%, you'll see a surge in the economy and spending because people will be out. They'll be buying things. They'll be going to shows. They'll be going on vacation. These things will go up, okay? So in the short term, the market will probably be okay. And then I say that, and tomorrow it goes down a 1,000 points. That's nobody knows. But you can predict that after the COVID vax hits a point of 50 percent, which should be by April, all right, there'll be more consumer spending, which, of course, drives the economy. However, the Biden administration and individual states like New York are going to raise taxes substantially. That is going to constrict the economy and cause corporations to stop research and development, to stop expansion, to move their stuff back overseas, to make more money over there. And then the job market shrinks and the economy goes down. That is a good bet to happen late this year because Biden has no clue. He presided over the Obama administration. For eight years, the economy did zero. Okay, and they can tell you they set Trump up, but that's not true. 
the tax cuts, the corporate and the individual tax cuts spurred the Trump economy. Okay, so that's number one. And that's the most important thing. The economy. Immigration is number two. And we're going to give you some stats that are pretty amazing. So the Biden administration has signaled to everyone in the world that, you know, we're not going to really enforce the border or sanctuary cities or any of that. You get here. okay, with us and the people that are here, perhaps up to 18 million of them will get amnesty under the Biden administration. This is a progressive left tenant, open borders. Joe Biden doesn't care about the border. I don't think he even knows what's going on, but we do. Now, when you see when the American people see a flood of illegal immigrants coming in to this country, all right, that's going to backlash against the Biden administration. There are only so many hardcore liberals. The number is about 25 percent of the American population. The other 75 percent are either conservative or don't care. All right. There's a few moderates, but not many. So we reported last week that every person who applies for asylum in the United States gets here and applies, not only gets their case heard in maybe five years, they get released into the United States, every one, unless you got an obvious felony rap sheet. Not only do you get released, you get $1,100. The federal government hands you $1,100 to go wherever you want to go. Now, you're supposed to pay it back, but come on, who's going to collect it? So when this starts to mount, which it is right now, Americans are going to finally say, you know, it's not what we want. And the third thing is the reparations, political correctness, cancel culture. That's all in one jar. That's the most heinous, destructive thing you could imagine. Reparations will divide this country on skin color. Is that what we want? You want blacks and whites at each other's throats because of skin color on a mass level? Okay. So let's look at the border. Now, 250 additional Border Patrol agents have been moved down there in the last few days. Why? Because now the surge is coming. All right. Agents um, are being moved from posted on Canadian border down there all over the place. The um, Border Patrol reports that in January, 3,000 arrests a day. 3,000 arrests a day. And that means most more people, many more people got got in. 3,000 arrests a day. That's an 86% increase over January 2019. 86%. All right. And it's children that are coming in without parents or relatives. Why? Because the smugglers know. Remember, most migrants pay people to get them in here. Most undocumented aliens pay people. They're called coyotes. The coyotes know if you get a child into the United States and the child surrenders to the Border Patrol, which they always do, then their parents, aunt, uncle, grandfather, grandmother, brother, and sister can all come in to accompany the child. That's the Biden policy. Okay? So, the coyotes are smuggling kids in so that their families can come in afterward. 
That's what's happening. Now, there aren't any reliable stats about that. Um, the Border Patrol says that in January, more than 37,000 single adult Mexicans came in here. Um, border arrests, as I said, are unbelievable. 78,000 border arrests and detentions in the month of January. 78,000? So this is um, a huge problem. Now, you remember the Trump administration did away with catch and release. So they didn't release people. They sent them back to Mexico. And that stopped that surge, those caravans. But now that's gone. 97% of the 8,000 beds for children on the border are full. Okay? Almost 8,000 minors are now in the custody of the Border Patrol to back up my smuggling reportage. So this is an unbelievable humanitarian crisis brought on by President Biden. He did it by the executive orders and the basically clarion call to the world. Come on in. He did it. So what's worse? What's worse? Having a tough border policy that keeps people from crossing or having unaccompanied children being smuggled across the border and then being put into these warehouses. What's, you know, I mean, the humane thing to do is to stop all this, right? Does anybody disagree with me? Pope Francis? Oh, I mean, I'm so fed up with this. Uh, it's just insane. Now, there's a, the head of the Homeland Security Office is a guy named Alejandro Mayorkas. All right. He is a crazy guy. Roll the tape. It takes time to build out of the depths of cruelty that the administration before us established. What we are see, seeing now at the border is the immediate result of the dismantlement of the system and the time that it takes to rebuild it virtually from scratch. We have, though, already begun um, and uh, to design and, in fact, have begun to implement a new innovative way to address the needs of the population that was forced to remain in Mexico uh, during the prior administration. So what is that, Alejandro? What is your brilliant plan? You don't have one. All right, you are a charlatan. Biden appoints this guy. He's an open border guy. He wants everybody in here. And that's who we got. That's the guy running Homeland Security right now. You feel secure? Did you know that? Did you know Alejandro? No. Because nobody reports on him. Nobody would tell you what's happening. Alejandro is a guy who's not going to enforce any border law or any immigration law. He's not. He's an open border guy. This is so dangerous. I can't even tell you how dangerous it is. Now, this is going to take a while for the American people to assimilate. You know it now because you're watching the No Spin News. You're listening to me on the radio. You're watching me on the first. You know it now. This isn't two sides to the story. Okay? There's not Alejandro's side. He doesn't have a plan. All he's going to do is Trump was evil. 
That's all. As hundreds of thousands of people pour in here, many of them children, most of whom will suffer. Okay. Tomorrow we'll have Stephen Miller. He is uh, one of the architects of the Trump immigration policy. He will be here on this program tomorrow. By the way, uh, in January, 3,464 criminals were apprehended at the border. Felons. 3,464 criminals. Cancel culture. This is the third component of what could destroy the Biden administration. I don't know anybody who likes the cancel culture. My liberal friends don't like it. Conservative friends are crazy about it. I don't know anybody. Now we're going to add to the cancel culture reparations. All right, reparations. Joe Biden's studying as a commission that he's going to give money, taxpayer money, to African-Americans. That's what Biden wants to do. This, of course, will cause, as I said, all kinds of angst. Now, Biden has already told you about equity, which is favoring one group of Americans over another group. That's what equity is. Okay, it's not all men are created equal. No, no. It's some groups are going to get more stuff from the federal government and some groups aren't. But those groups who are not are going to pay for this stuff that we give to the favored groups, the most favored groups. That's equity. OK, so that's what reparations is. Now, will it get through? No. Will it pass as law? No, I can't see it happening. All right, because conservative Democrats in the Senate, no, they're not going to go for it. So you'll peel off five or six Democrats in the Senate going to tell Chuck Schumer to go. You know what? No, it's not going to get through. But by executive order, by uh, other fiats, there will be government resources directed to certain groups. Now, that in itself is not a bad thing. I have said for decades that minority Americans, children coming from devastated families should get special attention in the public schools. All right. You can put them under learning um, challenged or whatever. They should get special attention. That's good. We should all pay for that. It's not the kid's fault. The father runs out on them. OK, not the kid's fault that 72% of African-American families now birth children out of wedlock. That's not the kid's fault. The government has a moral obligation to help those children. Okay, and don't tell me it's the parents this, it's the parents that. Government can't do that. Can't force you to be a good person or a good parent. It's impossible. But you can help kids. And that's the key to giving them an equal opportunity someday to pursue happiness. All right. So that's the reparations stuff. And we'll be reporting more on that as uh, it unfolds. The cancel culture social stuff is more annoying than anything else. So I just put together a list of 12 things that have been canceled. Put the first six up on the screen. The Muppets. The Muppets are now 
I don't know whether they're fascists or racists or what they are, okay? But the Muppets are no good. Aunt Jemima gone. Aunt Jemima, the pancake, uh, no more Aunt Jemima. Mrs. Butterworth is going with Aunt Jemima into retirement. I hope maybe they'll be down in the villages. I I don't know, but they're gone. Uncle Ben, he goes. He goes with uh, the aunt and Mrs. Butterworth. Cream of wheat. No more cream of wheat. I don't know why. Eskimo pies. Gone. Intuit pies? Eskimo, you can't say Eskimo. Here's a second. Land of legs butter. Gone. Because they had an Indian on the package. Gone. Gone with the wind. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Read the book or watch the movie Gone with the Wind. Mr. Potato Head. You can't have Mr. Can't have a patriarchy. Nope. Mr. Potato Head sometimes is going to morph into something else. Washington Redskins, gone. Cleveland Indians logo is gone. I think Indians is going too. Uh, I haven't updated uh, what's going on in Cleveland, but Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was a bully. Bully, Rudolph, toast. Rudolph, gone. Dr. Seuss. Okay, Dr. Seuss, uh uh-uh. Loudoun County, Virginia, beautiful county. No more Dr. Seuss. Okay, there's the guy who invented it, Theodore Seuss Geisel, born in 1903. In his early years, Theodore was a racist, apparently. Okay, even when he was writing the Dr. Seuss books. All right. Okay, he's a racist. That's bad. I don't know why he was. Okay, all I know is now the whole reading stuff is going out um, because this guy was a racist in his early years. He changed. Dr. Seuss changed. Everybody admits that he, he, he became a good person. I don't know how. I don't care. All right. Now, Barack Obama, all right, this is what he said in 2015, the president. The works of Theodore Seuss, uh, Seuss Geisel, better known as Dr. Seuss, have sparked a love for reading in generations of students. His whimsical wordplay and curious characters inspire children to dream big and remind readers of all ages that a person's a person no matter how small. That's Barack Obama six years ago. No, okay. No, not anymore. Dr. Seuss, see you later. Um... Donald Trump, by the way, he liked Dr. Seuss, too. He said, um, in the still vibrant words of Dr. Seuss, you have brains in your head, you get feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself any direction you choose. That was Donald Trump, 2018. Um, let's, I have more on Dr. Seuss, but you get the message. Let's bring in Dr. Catherine Kuhlman from Scottsdale, Arizona. She's a clinical psychologist. Public safety is one of her specialties, and she is watching the cancel culture. So does this make you angry, annoyed? Is it a good thing, all this canceling? How would you describe it? You hit the nail on the head with the first two. I am angry. I'm annoyed about it. Um, I was thinking about this all weekend with the talk about the Muppets, actually. It's just insane to me 
that people can't look back in time and recognize the context and the environment in which these books were written. You know, you've got Johnny Cash playing guitar in front of a Confederate flag, but that was back in 1981, right? Nobody seems to be able to look at it with that perspective. So today now we have this massive progressive movement of virtue signalers. They feel they're noble, better than other people. They're more sensitive. They're the guardians of what is right and wrong. Does this progressive movement overwhelm the traditional movement? At this point in time, I would say yes. At least they scream a lot louder than the people who believe in the traditional movement. You know, what I think is happening is if you think about it, they're like children in a checkout line that really want a candy bar and they're screaming and they're crying and they're stomping their feet. And we've just gotten so annoyed with them that we've given them the candy bar. We've given into them and that has reinforced this behavior. And now they feel like they have the control and the entitlement to keep this going. But I think there might be more than that. It's like, and I like your analogy of the kid wanting a candy bar in a grocery store crying up and down. Most people would tell the kid to stuff it to stop it. But who in our society is telling the progressives to stuff it or stop it? Not the corporate media, not the Democratic Party, not the president of the United States. They're all in on this. Or am I wrong? Well, I think you're absolutely right. And look at the people who are really spearheading the cancel culture. You've got the millennial generation and the Gen Zs, right? These younger generations they've been given participation trophies their entire lives, right? And when faced with adversity now, they're so used to somebody swooping in and saving them that now when they're faced with any kind of stressful situation or adversity, they perceive actual danger. And so they have no ability or at least less of an ability to regulate their emotions and to tolerate distress. And so what they do is they shame and they bully and they try to abuse their way into submission. And they're being successful in some places. Now, the final question, doctor. You live in Arizona, which is a very interesting state because it's a tug between the progressives and the traditionalists. All right. So it's going back and forth in your neighborhood, in your social set, in your practice. Do you see anyone who really likes this cancel culture? Zero. (laughs) Look, even Bill Maher, right? as left as they come is has something negative to say about cancel culture. So you don't see it. People coming in saying, oh, this is a good thing in the school or this is a good thing in the media. This is a good thing in my neighborhood that traditional people are frightened to say what they believe. You don't hear any of that. Zero. All right. Well, let's hope people rise up because the cancel culture is very, very damaging to this country. Hey, doctor, a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for helping us out today. Thanks, Bill. Okay. Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper, 
and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Um, so once again, the three things that could take down the Biden administration are the economy, immigration, cancel culture, represent uh, reparations, political correctness. Keep your eye on those three things. 20 most liberal colleges in America. I get, I get letters all the time. Uh, we don't want to send our kids to these crazy schools. All right, so now this is a study uh, done by 24-7 Wall Street, which is, I guess, an informational website. Um, and it ranks the colleges that are most left in this country, major colleges, based upon um, student surveys, what the students say their political belief systems are. Okay, let's start with number 20, Colorado College, um, then the University of California, Berkeley, then Hunter College, New York City, University of Washington, Seattle, Portland State, Portland, Oregon, Ramapo College in New Jersey. That surprised me, Ramapo. Denison University, Granville, Ohio. Vassar College, Poughkeepsie, New York. It's always been that way at Vassar. That's traditionally a far-left school. Barnard College, same thing, New York City. Boston U, my alma mater. Oh, no. The 11th most liberal college in the country. Wasn't that way when I was there. It was liberal, but it wasn't crazy liberal. University of Oregon, the Ducks. Can you believe the Ducks are on that list? All right, here are the top 10. NYU, crazy left. All right, crazy left. Independence University, I don't know that. Salt Lake City. Mount Holyoke College, I do know that one. Crazy left. Stony Brook University on Long Island. Unbelievable. I didn't know. Who knew? State University. Northwestern University outside of Chicago. You want the uh, tuition for Northwestern? $73,000 to be indoctrinated into left-wing causes. University of Vermont, I was just there, up there. Beautiful school, fourth most liberal. And Bernie Sanders lives right across the street in case you don't get enough left-wing stuff. University of California, Santa Cruz, that's predictable. Northeastern University in Boston, whoa. Michael Dukakis used to teach there. And the most liberal university in America is American University. Tuition 64000 Crazy, insane left. There you go. No Ivies on the list. I don't know. Brown. I don't know how you get more liberal than Brown. But it's not my list. Just pass it along. University of Texas, not a far-left school. However, there are very liberal students. And in those students want the school's song dumped. The school song is the eyes of Texas. The eyes of Texas are upon us. Why do the liberal students at the University of Texas, Austin, want the university to abolish the song? Because... Robert E. Lee, the Confederate general, after the war, when he was running a college in Virginia, used to tell the students that the eyes of the South are upon you. Not Texas, the South. 
And so they linked this over to Robert E. Lee, and they're demanding that the students not hear the eyes of Texas. Okay, what happened? The alumni at the University of Texas wrote to the administration, said, if you dump the song, we're not giving you a dime. Now, I did that to Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. And I was a big benefactor to that school. No more. So the University of Texas did not dump the eyes of Texas as a song. However, the football players used to sing the song before the games along with the national anthem. They don't do that anymore. So some alum at the University of Texas are mad about that. The alumni are the key to keeping colleges under control. You see something at the college you don't like, you send them a little letter. That keeps up, don't expect any donations. That's how you do it. COVID, 41%, according to a Harvard-Harris poll um, of 2,000 registered voters, 41% say they're not gonna get the vax. 59% say they will. Now, 10%, as I mentioned at the top of the program, already vaxxed. Got to reach 50% um, before the COVID thing falls off the cliff. Maybe 45, 50 in that range. Now, if you are one of the 41% who say, I'm not going to get vaccinated, you have a perfect right to do that. The Constitution is on your side. It is a public health issue. But the government cannot force you to get vaccinated. Okay? However, private companies like airlines, like hotels, like many, many others, even some restaurants, they can bar you if you don't have the Vax card. And they will. So if you don't get the Vax, you're not going to be able to travel in an easy way. Foreign countries, if you want to go abroad, not going to take you. Just know that's coming. Hasn't been issued yet, but it will be. So the VAX card is basically an entree card. And if you don't have it, you're going to be denied entree. And if it's a private company, they have the right to do that. Spring break. So I'm going to go on spring break, but it's not like it used to be, I'm just going to go to a place and relax because I'm tired. I've been working hard. You guys know that. It's not coming up until around Easter. So I still have four or five weeks left. But I'm careful on where I'm going. I'm not going crowds. I'm not going to Vegas. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to go to a place where there's not a lot of people. But it's warm and I you know, read a few books. This and that. You take the urchins, and they're going to, you know, but it's not crazy spring break. So Florida, in, in particular Miami, says, no, we're not going to do it. So restaurants and bars and clubs in Miami, 50% capacity. Um, they can't shut them down because Governor DeSantis says you can't do that. Uh, there's a ban on alcohol on the beach. That'll crimp it. That's spring break craziness. 
and there's a uh, curfew of midnight. Okay, midnight curfew. They're not going to let you run around Miami after midnight. That'll crimp it. Um, and I think many, many cities in Florida and uh, in Texas and other spring break places will do the same thing because we don't want this resurgence of COVID. The younger Americans aren't getting vaxxed. The older people getting it first. So remember that. And the younger people, while they're not as susceptible, they can spread. Petaluma, California. Ever been there? It's a nice little town. Okay. It's in Sonoma County. All right. North of the crazy Bay Area. Um, 37 miles north of San Francisco. That, that's a good distance. And you want to be 37 miles away. But Petaluma says we're going to ban gas stations because we want more electric vehicles. So in Petaluma, California, they are um, going to outlaw new gas stations. The old ones, I guess, continue to pump. But this is just symbolic. You're going to see more of this madness. All right. Uh, that's going to come. I'm not opposed to electric cars, by the way, but they got to be priced so that people can afford them. Angelina Jolie uh, has sold a painting of Winston Churchill. You ready? Twelve million bucks. All right. In a uh, auction. So Winston Churchill did this painting, all right? Brad Pitt, once married to Miss Jolie, bought the painting from an antique dealer in New Orleans, I know that dealer, for $3 million. Angelina, I guess, got it in a divorce. She sold it for twelve. <laughs> Not bad. This day in history, March 2nd, 1807, Congress abolished the importation of slaves. Big deal. Okay, but did not abolish slavery itself. So the U.S. Congress passed an act to prohibit the importation of slaves into any port or place within the jurisdiction of the United States. Okay, slaves were first brought in here in 1619, Jamestown, Virginia. And then as the tobacco industry flourished and later the cotton industry flourished, they were forced to harvest those crops. Forced is a key word. So about 12 million were kidnapped from Africa. More than a million died on the voyage over here, all right? The others basically got here and at the point of a gun and a whip were put in the fields. Can you imagine this? I, I just can't even imagine. I was down in Charleston, South Carolina recently, and they have the slave market there. And you could see the manacles where the men were tied as they were bid upon. I, I, I mean, I was so, it almost made me sick. To, to think that this happened in our country. So anyway, Thomas Jefferson was president. He didn't want the uh, slaves imported anymore, even though he was a slave owner, as everybody knows. Now, in the Declaration of Independence, he wrote in that slavery should be legally abolished, but they took it out. And Jefferson blamed it on Georgia and South Carolina because the Southern agrarian economy was based on forced slave labor. And that lasted, of course, until 1865, when the North defeated the South in the Civil War. But 214 years ago, importation of slaves was banned by Congress. Okay, I got an interesting mail segment. I've got a uh, final thought on how.
how the left is handling Andrew. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings and barbecues. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Cuomo, right back. Let's get the mail here. Uh, Nancy on the message board. If you go to BillOReilly.com, by the way, you can post on the message board if you're a premium member. All right, and it's worth it. It's a lot of fun. You'll learn a lot. If President Trump decides to run again, the media will do exactly what they did to him the last time. Not a good thing for him or our country. You're absolutely right. It'll be worse now. Donald Trump decides to run again, it'll be worse. Josie, concierge member. Josie has direct access to me. President Trump looked great, sounded great, ready to rumble. It was good to see him again. President Trump's fans were very happy with the CPAC performance. Norman Rainwalt. La Mesa, Texas. Bill, why didn't Donald Trump take proper measures to uncover voter fraud when he had the opportunity? Because he was campaigning and the Constitution gives the individual states the right to regulate the vote. So no national politician, federal politician, could intrude on that. Well, he he couldn't have done anything. Uh, Rodney Mabe and Glenn Mabe. Uh, Carthage, North Carolina. Um, I've been saying this for years and would like to ask your opinion. I do think one day the far left will want to redesign the American flag. Absolutely possible. They might want to change the name. The United States of America. I mean, these, these cranks, these nuts want to abolish everything, all tradition. Okay, that was Glenn and Rodney. This is John Castle, New York City. The Hyatt Hotel chain has been controlled by the Pritzker family for decades. Thomas Pritzker is the executive chairman. Pritzker's, including the current governor of Illinois, have generally been Democrats. It's interesting to see Republicans picking a Hyatt Hotel for their meeting. I don't think Republicans even think about that stuff. I don't think they even think about it. The Hyatt Hotel was the best facility for this convention in Orlando, and that's why the Republicans did it. I mean, I stay at Hyatt Hotels. I don't care that nutty governor in Illinois is a member of the family. Uh, Jeremy E, Council Bluffs, Iowa. I love the fact, I love your fact-based analysis, Bill. However, I disagree with your assessment that a green card program would be beneficial to the USA. How will that not result in depressed wages and higher unemployment for Americans? Because the companies themselves would have to request the labor, would have to say, we need this many foreign nationals to help us, and here's what we're going to pay them before the government signs off on it. It would be controlled, not like it is now. David, the criminal enterprise called Washington, D.C., will try to destroy people like Ron DeSantis and Christy Noem. No doubt. No doubt they will. Rob, 
wouldn't it be wouldn't it make more sense for each state to handle a minimum wage based on the different costs of living? Of course it would. You've got to have a minimum standard because you don't want workers to be exploited, but the state should be in charge of the minimum wage. Mike Saxon, Verona, Wisconsin. I'm a dog lover and glad Lady Gaga got her dogs back. But don't you think she should have offered $500,000 to getting the guys who shot the dog walker first? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff wrong with this. I was interesting to see Bill Hammer after I said, and I don't know if Hammer heard me or not. Um, and Hammer is a good reporter on Fox. Uh, he said there's something fishy about this Lady Gaga story. I said that first. I use the word dubious on my radio broadcast. Something doesn't stack here. But you're right. You know, this guy should get a huge bonus from Lady Gaga. We'll see how this all plays out. Teresa Scartelli, Clifton, New Jersey. Bill, kudos for the recommendation of the book, Let Freedom Ring. I ordered it on Amazon, received it. I was brought up in the church. The book is a must read. Look, Let Freedom Ring is basically a book on how to fight evil. It's put out by Mater Media, M-A-T-E-R Media in St. Louis. Get it on Amazon. Impress me. I mean, we need to know how to fight media in this world. Matthew, Bill, you're looking good. Thanks for updating us on your no sugar journey. I took your lead and have lost 20 pounds since December. Feeling better about myself and my clothes do fit better. Look, sugar is not your friend. Okay, if I can help anybody out on that, not your friend. James, Bill, I'm finally giving my two sons and daughter a subscription to the No Spin News. Just makes sense. Everybody, please give your loved ones a subscription, premium or concierge membership to BillOReilly.com. I got to fight this fight. Uh, order Killing the Mob out in two months. Okay, there it is. You will like it. I promise you get 50% off Killing Crazy Horse. You will like that book as well. I promise. When writing to us, do not be unctuous. U-N-C-T-O-U-S. All right, how the uh, left is handling Cuomo in a moment. So as I said in my column um, on BillOReilly.com, the Kavanaugh effect, all of this Cuomo piling on now is karma. Governor of New York on the ropes. He's done as a national figure. I don't know whether he survives in Albany or not, but it's really brutal. All right, the pile on is terrible. So I asked my staff, because I just can't do this anymore, to watch The View today, to see how they handled Andrew Cuomo. And in the beginning, as I write in my column, the left ignored the story, but now they can't. So The View is a hate fest, not Whoopi Goldberg. I'm giving her a pass. I don't think she's a hater. I've known her a long time. But Behar and Navarro, they are haters off the chart. Disney writes them a check every week. You make the call on that. Anyway, they blame Republicans. But Cuomo, that's what they did. Just thought you'd like to know. See you tomorrow.